You're listening to Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation. Hello, I'm Rochelle Todd Yamoa. Welcome to the Working Together for Working Families podcast, where we come together to highlight individuals and organizations working to help whole families reach their goals. And I'm Jackie Edwards. In spring of 2020, the Associations of Black Foundation Executives, a philanthropic organization that advocates for transformative investing in Black communities, called on the philanthropic community to engage Black businesses by investing in management, banking, and other professional services to address the pandemic's negative impact on Black earnings and wealth. In response, the Pascal Sykes Foundation donated $1 million to New Jersey Community Capital and the African American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey to support Black business enterprises, which have historically faced challenges in New Jersey. This contribution from the Pascal Sykes Foundation helped to develop the Equitable Small Business Initiative that will allow for pandemic relief loans ranging from $10,000 to $75,000. Our guests today are Phil Wolfert, Chief Operating Officer and Badia Harming, Community Development Officer of the African American Chambers of New Jersey. Welcome, Phil and Badia. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Phil, I'm going to start with you. Can you please describe the Equitable Small Business Initiative for our listeners? Oh, sure. So, the Equitable Small Business Initiative originated as a partnership with New Jersey Community Capital. And as you indicated, uh, Jackie, the starting funding for capital for that came through the Pasquale Sykes Foundation. And since then, we've been able to leverage those dollars and and receive more contributions from various parties to bring that up to now about $4.4 million. And basically what we do is we have capital to lend. On the relief side, we do lending up to about $75,000. And then on the expansion recovery side, we do lending up to about $250,000. And we focus primarily on African-American-owned businesses um, around the state. And in addition to the capital, we also provide technical assistance. Uh, Badia and and our our other uh, community development officer, Dina Gonzalez, uh, focus a lot of their time, energy, and effort on the pre-loan technical assistance, getting businesses really ready for the loan and application process. Thank you, Phil, for that background. It's very helpful. I'm going to bring Baidia in here now. So Baidia, could you tell us what is your strategy for engaging smaller businesses that are not on the radar of financial institutions? Do you have to be a member of the chamber in order to apply for a loan? Thanks, Rochelle. Um, No, the answer to that is you do not have to be a member of the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey in order to receive a loan. And also our strategy, being charged with furthering the growth of minority-owned businesses, our strategy is such that we want to engage the minority communities. So, for example, uh, the faith-based organizations, salons, barbershops, uh, community centers, uh, leaders within the community, building relationships. And then from there, we deploy several strategies uh, for marketing via social media, webinars. We also take a boots-on-the-ground approach where we're in the community to foster those relationships. And we welcome all minority businesses to apply that are in need of access and capital. You do not have to be a member at all. And uh, we look forward to helping all of the minority business owners here in New Jersey. Great, thank you for that. That's, that's good background to have. So this question is for either of you, or you could both chime in if you like. 
During the pandemic, as we know, many people lost or quit their jobs and decided to start new businesses. Does the Equitable Small Business Initiative support new startups or is it only for existing businesses? So Rochelle, we actually would like to afford the uh, program of the ESBI to startups as well as uh, existing businesses. So we actually embrace the minority community business owners, whether they be startup or existing businesses uh, to give them access to capital, whether that be for expansion, recovery due to pandemic injury, or if it's just a need to grow your business, we are definitely open to startups as well as existing businesses. And just to follow up on that quickly, as far as the startup, do you offer uh, support or uh, technical support for, for example, someone who wanted to start a new business? Absolutely. Uh, myself and Dina Gonzalez, uh, my teammate, who's also a community development officer with the AACCNJ, uh, through various relationships, we've been able to foster pre-loan technical assistance where maybe there may be accounting help or it could be software assistance for QuickBooks or accounting software that a business may need. Could be the development of a business plan, projections, financials for revenue and expenses of a startup business. Those are all things that we've been able to assist uh, our business owners and applicants with, and we'll continue to do so. What I would add to that is that in addition to uh, Bidea's comments is that, you know, we realize that the startups, especially in the African-American uh, business community, venture capital and equity capital is really virtually non-existent. And so what we try to do is we earmark roughly about 10% of the capital that we have available to lend and reserve those funds for our ability to work with startups. And then we establish some criteria for startups to make sure that we're working with companies that have the ability to operate their business on a day-to-day -day basis, have the financial management tools in place to be able to manage the fiscal affairs of the company, and also that they have a good handle on the business development and client acquisition piece of it. Because if they don't have the ability to make sales of whatever product or service that they're offering, then they're going to have a difficult time generating the revenue that they need to really sustain themselves. So those are the, some of the really critical components in addition to the some of the pre-loan technical assistance that Vidaya spoke about. Thank you. So, Phil, you guys just shared a little bit about the pre-loan process and, and what it entails. Do you think that you pretty much covered, for the most part, what that pre-loan process entails? Because I know oh, you yeah. provide technical assistance, and so what you covered, pretty much that's the gist of what you do in the pre-loan process? Oh, yes. Well, what I would say is that it's, it's critical for the business that on the pre-loan technical assistance side, that they, re they receive the right assistance uh, in order to be able to apply for the loan. Because what we found is that with a lot of the small businesses, if they have not really engaged in the process of lending in the past, or they may have had some limited loan experience in areas of either fintech or credit cards and that sort of thing, where they're doing really smaller dollar amount loans, and it's different from the process of a commercial loan or small business loan. And so what's critical for them to be able to do is there's a checklist of items that they need in order to really be able to apply for the loan. And until they are able to really provide those documents and the documentation that's required for the underwriter to make a loan decision, 
then until we receive that, we really don't have a loan application. And so when they get through that process with uh, Badea and Dina, they're actually ready to make a formal application. And then we proceed with them to ascertain whether or not we're going to be able to fund their operation. That's great. I asked that question just to circle back around to that, because I know oftentimes some you know businesses think that they're ready and they come in right. where they are in terms of readiness. And when they oh, you know, sure. apply, they get you know met with, oh, you need to do this, this and that. And that's why I was asking the question, because it's really important for our listeners to understand that process as they're going in so they can better prepare themselves for when they come in to meet with a loan officer. So are these loans available statewide? Yes, yes, we're a statewide chamber, and so we work with businesses across the state. Incidentally, we're in the process of looking to open up an office in Atlantic City. So Atlantic County will be an area of focus along with, I would say, Cumberland County, Gloucester County, some of those areas in the southern part of the state that don't necessarily get as much attention as they should sometimes And so we're looking forward to sometime probably in this first quarter of 2022 to have that office up and and running. And uh, Badea has already started being our boots on the ground representative and covering some of the area in the southern part of the state. And that has generated some interest in the Equitable Small Business Initiative. And so we are starting to see some more applications uh, and some more interest coming from that part of the state. So Badea, can you share with us some of the businesses that you funded so far? Absolutely. Uh, I'd be glad to. Um, So what I want to do is share a few businesses that touch a number of industries. So for example, Lauren Grace Media, a production company that's owned and operated by two African-American veteran TV executives who were assisted with a $175,000 loan for working capital. There's also, to Phil's point, with the Southern region in New Jersey, Pena Productions out of Atlantic City, uh, who was granted a $75,000 loan. They specialize in engaging the community through entertainment, live shows, fashion shows, things of that nature. And then you have someone like Flo's Tasty Treats, who was afforded a $25,000 loan in their second year of operation. Uh, That's for working capital and the ability to be able to purchase a van to transport a West African delicacy that they produce. Um, And that was a young lady who was uh, very, very determined uh, to further her business and nurture it. She has some other relationships with the New Jersey Devils, the facility that they play their games in, the Prudential Center. So, and that was out of Newark. So from Newark on down to Atlantic City, you get a range of different loan sizes there. And then also uh, different ownership. You know, you have two African-American women who collaborated to start a business. You had an existing existing business in Pina Productions, who was owned by a Latino male. And then Flo's Tasty Treats is actually a West African-born female who runs it and is up in Newark. So just in those few examples alone, you see a diverse sector of loans and then also ownership and also banding the state from north to the southern southern region. Thank you, Badia. That's great. I think that's exactly what I know the Pascal Sykes Foundation really wanted to do was to be able to support small businesses. And you have a really diverse group of people. So thank you very much for sharing that. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Phil, you did mention this uh, earlier on in the beginning about 
you know, leveraging some of the funds that the Pascal Sykes Foundation was able to invest in this project. And we are just one of the financial supporters. Do you have other supporters of the program? And if you do, can you share what their role is? Oh, sure. So Pascual Sykes was the, the first one to step up and provide capital to get the Equitable Small Business Initiative started. Uh, then from there, we have the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, the New Jersey Pandemic Relief Fund, and Wells Fargo. And we, we have another one that's come on board more recently uh, that I'm, I'm not at, at liberty to uh, quite announce yet, but that's another contribution that'll take our total capital from the beginning from about 4.4 to about 6.4. So that'll be coming out soon. And then that's also been able to leverage all of those things that have happened with regard to the Equitable Small Business Initiative uh, to the point now that in our partnership with the New Jersey Community Capital, who is, is our partner with the Equitable Small Business Initiative and also a community development financial institution, and this whole process was a crawl walk strategy developed by our, our founder, president, and CEO, John Harmon, to then put us in a position to be able to make application to become a community development financial institution ourselves. And so at this stage, uh, we're in the process of actually dotting the I's and crossing the T's to make that application. So we hope to be able to announce sometime later this year uh, that we are a community development financial institution ourselves. And then we'll continue our work with the New Jersey Community Capital. We have a great partner in them. They've been at this for an awful long time, and they've been really good partners in, in helping to bring us up to speed and you know, make sure that once we're a community development financial institution, we can help uh, provide some greater impact across the state and work with some of the other members of the coalition of CDFIs around the state of New Jersey. Thank you, Phil. Congratulations to you know, leverage those funds. Sounds like you're doing great work. Oh, thank you. It's been, a, it's been an exciting time. We've had some really good momentum going into 2022 from, from 2021. And uh, Badea, uh, Dina and I are looking forward to a, a great year. I think it's great because, you know, what I'm hearing is this is not a one-time thing. This is something that will continue beyond the initial contributors, which is great for the Black businesses in the community. So that's great. Absolutely. If a business is interested in applying for a loan, how do they get connected to the Equitable Small Business Initiative? You can visit us at our website, which is www.aaccnj.com. Under the programs link, as you scroll down, you'll see ESBI program. If you click on that link there, it'll lead you to our personal information between myself, Badia Harmon, who you can reach directly by email at B-Y-D-E-I-A at A-A-C-C-N-J.com. And you'll also see the information of Dina Gonzalez, who's also my teammate and community development officer. So either of those ways, you can definitely find us and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. We'd like to thank Phil Wolfolk and Badia Harmon of the African American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. If you want to learn more about Phil or Badia, please click the link in the summary. You will also find links to the African American Chamber website in the summary, which will direct you to more information about the ESBI program. Thank you so much for having us, Michelle and Jackie. It's been great being with you. I second that. Thank you so much.
Well appreciated. Thank you both. Please join us next time for part two of our Public Policy in Action series featuring Carlos Williams and Nicole Myers of the Administration for Children and Families. Working Together for Working Families, sponsored by the Pascal Sykes Foundation, is published monthly. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about the Whole Family Approach, visit our website, wholefamilyapproach.org.